Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Episode of Today and Sports Betting, another episode, another edition, this hoop-ball.com presentation, at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter, and I am your host, Devin Allington, at D-A-L-E-007, going to be joined by one of my main men, you know, I got a couple, got Ira and got John, John's going to be with us today, we are going to knock this return of the Mac podcast out we're going to talk all six games we're going to also get into some college lines that we're really liking and then some nfl stuff so football heavy don't forget though that we are presented by manscape.com they have a promo code for us that you can use and that is hoopball20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 you'll get free shipping and 20 percent off and then you can go ahead and use that and put it towards the lawnmower 3.0 that just came out, fully electric and full waterproof technology. Real nice, gentle ride. And then, like I said, get that 20% off on not only the lawnmower 3.0, but some of their balms and ointments and beard products and all that stuff. I think they even have moisture-wicking underwear. So, Hootball 20, Manscaped. Use it, do it, let them know that we sent you. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's uh, let's bring John in. Let's talk to Mr. John Ryan at John Ryan Sports One on Twitter. John, how's it been? Been a couple days since we've uh, knocked some content out. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, Devin. I uh, hope that audio will get better here. We had some uh, difficulties getting this thing started today, uh, but hopefully it'll get better so everybody can hear me. Yeah. It's just be a good a, thing. But, uh, it's yeah. on par for 2020. You know, it's just another little, another little thing. <laughs> so, um, true. Yeah. So, like I said, we are going to talk the Mac first. Um, a lot of Mac talk. Return of the Midwestern Athletic Conference. It's a really exciting conference that I like. I highlighted them in the basketball season for my mid-major Friday shows. I would always break down the MAC, the Ivy League, and then the MAAC, so the MAC. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm excited for uh, some of the talent that's in this conference. I'm excited for some of the matchups tonight. But we'll go ahead and start with uh, the Eastern Michigan uh, Eagles going on the road to take on the Golden Flashes of Kent State. This line opened at six and a half in favor of Kent State. It's dropped down to four. Um, over under 65 and a half, it's come up by a hook from the opening of 65. And just uh, real quick, my, my general thought on this one, John, and then I'll throw it to you and get you to share some data with us and uh, talk more in depth about this game. But 
I think it's important to point out that Eastern Michigan starting this year without much of their production from last season, including their 4,000-yard passer and Mike Glass, their leading receiver, Arthur Jackson, and then their leading uh, top four leading rushers from last year. This Hutchison kid, you know, he made a start against Western Michigan, did pretty well. Had I think it was like 300 passing yards last year on 30-some-odd attempts. Uh, you know, he's a young kid, and you're going to have to take over for Mike Glass, who, you know, was the face of this program. Um, and like I said, 4,000 yards last year. That's going to be really tough to, um, to kind of replace. And then on the flip side, we got Dustin Crum, the best quarterback in the MAC, in my opinion, uh, for Kent State. Returning starter, senior, been there, done that. And according to PFF, he was the third best quarterback in college football last year with 26 total touchdowns and four turnovers. So I'm looking for Kent State to probably control this game through their experience. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about what Eastern Michigan lost, but, I mean, they, they, they lost so much of their production. Um, they were, I think, bottom five or ten in the NCAA as far as returning production from last year. So, John, did you, uh, did you have any system in play for – the specific game we're talking about right here. Do you just have any eyesight analysis that you want to share with us? It's on the, it's, I want to mention something about the conference uh, first. And from, head, you know, from the top to the bottom, uh, this conference this year is by far the greatest discrepancy and difference between the top teams and the bottom teams. So in other words, the bottom teams are worse than previous seasons. The top teams are probably going to be a little bit better. And, uh, and that creates an interesting situation because teams that are favored by double digits in the MAC going forward are going to be pretty attractive on the surface right away, uh, especially the ones like uh, like a Buffalo that has a, an outstanding ground attack. Um, sometimes, you know, when you lay double digits, you have to worry that the team's going to take the, the gas off or the foot off the pedal, so to speak. And, uh, you know, that, that opens you up to the backdoor cover. But if you run the ball well, yeah, you, teams run the ball when they're taking their foot off the gas. Uh, so that minimizes the chances of getting a backdoor cover. And uh, I think that's a, a pretty key uh, component looking at the MAC this year. And then, um, as, as you know, Devin, and I, I think most listeners know now, uh, a key pivot point in college football is 28-point score, where a team scores more than that or less than that. And it's very evident in the MAC. Uh, so if you have a combination of uh, a double-digit favorite and my machine learning model is projecting 28 or more, that's a, that's a very high probability of covering. Um, now, forgive me, but you were talking about the Kent State game, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm pulling that sheet up as we speak here. And um, you were right about everything that you uh, mentioned in terms of uh, you know, rebuilding years and, and, and that type of stuff. Uh, in this particular game, it's it's pretty hard to come up with a. Um, I don't know why this is beeping. Did you hear that? I guess everything's okay. Yeah, I thought anyway, it was uh, you know, it's 2020, and uh, Kent State here was opened uh, a little bit higher. Money's coming in on Eastern Michigan. Uh, it's not a double-digit favorite, obviously, and I view these two teams as middle of the pack in the in the in the MAC. Uh, so the fact that it's a very high total, um, 
that favors Kent State because they're ten and one against the spread when the total is greater than or equal to sixty three in games played over the last three years. And um, let's see what else I have here. It's it's nice and juicy. In terms of the the pivot points of twenty eight points, uh, Eastern Michigan is forty seven and twenty against the number of the last ten seasons when they've scored twenty eight or more. Um, interesting enough, when they score twenty nine to thirty five. Uh, their, their record goes down to 18 and 13. So, again, this is the map. You get over 35 points and both teams score more than 28. It, it's not a good thing usually for the team that's the favorite. Um, so, let's see. On the Kent State side of the ledger, we have uh, 56 and 11 the last 10 years when scoring 28 or more. Nine and one the last uh, three seasons. So my lead in this game would be on Kent State, but it's just it's just a lean. And before we go any further, I learned my lesson in the Big Ten uh, in Week One, attempting to um, think that I knew the teams uh, better than they knew themselves, type of thing. And I thought Michigan State was horrible, and um, you know I do uh, apologize for saying that they stunk, and uh, another S word. Uh, so from now on, I'm just going to say that I, when I make up that play, I'm going to say that you know I'm the one that that, that sucks at handicapping and not the team, uh, because I really got bitten in the rear end when Michigan State then goes into Michigan and wins. So I, I look like a complete fool. So we're we're going to stop doing that. Yeah, um, you know it's it's hard if there's no data. It's very difficult. Yeah, and the same case here. Uh, week one, you know, don't force any bets just because it's the only show in town tonight. Um, if you do force a bet, maybe maybe make it half a bet. Half unit, yep. And you can always uh, add to it in future weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there was a game, I believe it was last week, or I can't remember when, but you know, you and Ira had a pretty strong opinion on it. I was a little more apprehensive just because it was the first game for both teams. It was There wasn't a ton of data. Um, as the listeners know, I really de- derive a lot of my – value and my conviction based off of not only the eye test and stuff, but I, I really enjoy my data and my numbers and my statistics. And um, one other note on this Kent State team, and then we can move forward if you're all right with that. Um, you know, they ended last season uh, on a five-win streak, yeah, five-game win streak. Um, they also won their first bowl game in program history. And, uh, you know, not to say they didn't lose anybody because they lost some guys in the receiving core. They had to convert some people to play a offensive positional skill set and uh you know but with with that being said there there's a lot I, I talk about this there is you know a lot of this eastern michigan team that's not there i mean they lost first second and multiple third team mac defenders uh on on that side of the ball um and then you know with that being said th- like you said this is the first game and I, I can't stress it enough to maybe do a half unit play um, if you see something that you really like in multiple of these games, I, you know, I've been messing around with 10-point super teasers lately, especially with college football, since I know it probably better than anything else as far as my database goes. And, uh, you know, Eastern Michigan's defense last year, they were ranked 121st out of 130 teams as far as tackles for loss and outside the top 10 for defense. So, you know, I'm looking for Kent State to kind of keep it rolling and, you know, maybe get a sixth win on that winning streak and, you know, kind of get some momentum going here. Um, Next game that we can talk about is going to be – let me get my notes here. Uh, We got um, 
Western Michigan uh, Akron, and you know we don't need to spend a ton of time on this one just because Akron, well, their their mascots the Zips, and that's the number of wins they got last year. Um, they're pretty anemic in all aspects. Now, one big thing though is Western Michigan's going to be without Levante Bellamy, and uh, you know he was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year last year, three thousand yard rusher. Or uh, I mean, sorry, they're going to be without three thousand yard passer John Wasink, and then um, you know it's it, the bright side for them though is that their offensive line you know is mostly intact with NFL prospect Jalen Moore. Um, so and then combine him with Mike Caliendo, and they got a combined sixty two starts. So I, I really like Western Michigan in this spot, obviously against Akron. It's seventeen and a half is a lot for me. I'm not going to touch the side or total in this game. So this is going to be a complete pass unless I find something in-game, maybe under two touchdowns for the Broncos of Western Michigan. But they're going on the road as 17.5-point favorites against Akron. Um, Akron hasn't had a win in a long time, and lots of weird stuff has happened in 2020. So um, not sure if you had anything on this game or if you're good with uh, maybe just, you know. Yeah, just a, a couple – one one quick thing um, – you mentioned the losing streak. They, the Zips have also lost to the spread in 16 consecutive games. They went 0-12 last year. Um, you know, when you flip a coin 12 times and it comes up tails 12 times in a row, it doesn't mean that heads is due uh, to come up. It's a little different in betting in this situation uh, because uh, I guess you could say the weight of the coin changes with each successive loss or or win to the streak in the ATS margin. So in the case of, of Akron, in the early going here, you're going to see inflated lines, and I think this is one of them. Um, so I, you know, I highly recommend you don't, you don't bet a team just because they're 0-12 against the spread or 0-16 on a, a stretch because it could be 0-17. And there's a reason why they're 0-12, because the market didn't catch up to the actual talent quality of the team. Um, yeah, there was, there was, uh, I'm sure I had Akron at least once during one of those games during that stretch. Uh, so be careful with that. And, uh, you know, I would definitely stay away from the double-digit favorite here like, like, uh, like Devin had recommended in, the, in, his, uh, in his spiel. Yeah. You know, and just some line movement, I, I, I failed to mention, you know, I, I looked down at my notes. I didn't recheck the book or anything. But um, – they're now 20 and a half point favorites, Western Michigan is, and the totals come down from 56 to 52 and a half. So I think what that says with that line movement in the market and what they're telling us is that they think Western Michigan, which, I mean, they, they were one of the top teams defensively as far as stuff rate, tackles for loss, tackles for loss percentage, uh, tackles for loss percentage on run plays. Um, and then they're, uh, offensive line, you know, was really good at getting yardage. You know, they they were top five in line, or top twenty, I'm sorry, in line yards and progressing. You know, the the battle in the trenches for their uh, advantage. So I think what we're seeing is the either the market, the betters, the book, all a conglomerate of all thinks that Western Michigan is going to have success like they did last year. And then just some other notes about Akron. They, they failed to score at least seven points in seven of their 12 games last year. They averaged 1.8 yards per rush. They had a Mac worst four yards per play. 
And we're the only FBS team to average less than one point per possession. So, um, like I said, it's week one. It's weird stuff. 20 and a half points is way too much for me. Uh, but um, that's, I mean, that's my take on it. More, more or less just a sight of it, you know. But I'm drinking that lemonade, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next game that we'll talk about, though, I'm, I'm, unless you had anything else to say about the Atkins. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, the next game I'm, I'm really excited for, and that's Ohio and Central Michigan. Um, this game is a pick. Total right now is, uh, I should know because I already bet the under. Um, let me find that. Sorry, guys. Uh, 54, 54 and a half. I, uh, I locked it in at under 55, and uh, it opened at 60. And I'm sorry, it man, I need to just update and refresh my browsers because now it's Ohio minus three. Opened out a pick, so very, very strong line movement just today. Um, I'll throw this one to you first, John. I, I feel like I've been kind of commandeering the early on analysis of these games, but, I, you know, I've got a pretty decent uh, amount of things to talk about just on the Ohio front. Um, speaking of, you know, replacing Nathan Rourke, their quarterback, their uh, four-year starter, three-year starter, I think it was. But uh, I didn't, I didn't know if you had any digs or takes on either side, you know, for the Bobcats or the or the Chippewas on this one. Well, the, the interesting thing on this game is that the total, I, I have it opening at sixty, and now it's uh, it's trading at fifty-four and a half. Okay. Uh, there's definitely going to be in the MAC. Everybody wants to bet the over. You know, the the casual better. You say MAC to them, they think over. Uh, and this is a bit unusual. Uh, and I don't think this is weather-related. I think this is just uh, the flows. Uh, 62% of the tickets are on the under. 67% of the money is on the under. Uh, so the fact that this isn't like 80% of the money means that there's been several, you know, five, 10 grand bets put on the under to drive it down this far. Uh, and this is across, you know, 20 different sports books too. So right. maybe some of them didn't even get a bet. Um, on the let's see if I have a, a system here real quick on this game. Um, all right, so we got Ohio U. This is the Ohio U game, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I got on my mind today. <laughs> so we haven't talked yeah. Mac football in close to a year. <laughs> We're yeah, taking the cobwebs off. Having this mic not work really, you know, rattled me. I guess. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, you know, it's the same story again here with scoring 28 or more points. With this betting line at 54 and minus three, that has uh, that has Ohio scoring uh, more than 28 points against Central Michigan. So when Central Michigan allows 28 or more, they're 38 and 90 against the number. Um, when they when Ohio scores 28 or more. They're 85 and 31 against the spread. So they're, there you have it. I mean, yeah. The implied line is telling you that Ohio is more than likely going to score more than 28 points, especially if you like the over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that would be another lean on the, on the Bobcats. Um, I'm looking up their team total right now because you kind of just made me think uh, uh, it's 29. So, there you go. <laughs> yep. yeah, no, I'm, I, I won't touch that one just because obviously I'm in play for the, under 
um, you know, the biggest reasoning for my underplay is we have two of the better defensive teams in, you know, the MAC, if not the two best defensive teams in the MAC, maybe behind like Buffalo or whatever. But I mean, Central Michigan's a really talented and stout run defense. You know, they had some really great metrics from last year. Um, but the big thing here is both teams are going to be breaking in new quarterbacks. Both teams are going to be implementing, uh, you know, offenses that have less continuity. And I talked about Nathan Rourke and, you know, his career passing numbers for the Ohio Bobcats. He had 7,500 passing yards, 2,500 rush yards in his career. So a very dynamic player. Um, And the two options that, you know, they were looking at replacing him with was UNLV transfer, uh, which is option A, Armani Rogers. He's more of a a dual threat guy. Who, I mean, it would be interesting to see mesh with this Ohio um, rushing attack because they are returning their top rushers in Demontre Tuggle and O'Shawn Allison. But uh, side note, O'Shawn Allison at 11:30 was ruled questionable with a um, an undisclosed injury. Um, but then option B for the quarterback is you know he's more he's got more of a cannon, and that's actually Nathan Rourke's younger brother. Uh, Curtis Rourke. He's a redshirt freshman. Like I said, he has more of a cannon, so he could maybe, you know, give more dynamic um, plays to this offense and produce a little more downfield with a nice arm, accurate passing attack. And then that's huge because they're getting all five of their top pass catchers back. So, you know, if if they want to go the passing way, they can. If they want to go the rushing way, they can. And, you know, I was kind of digging deep into the Ohio Bobcats Twitter um, and, you know, mentions and just tweets and reading a couple different articles. But it's looking like the head coach is going to roll with both quarterbacks tonight, kind of similar to what um, Arkansas State does with uh, Logan Hatcher and uh, uh, Bonner. Bonner is the other kid's last name. I can't remember his first name. But, you know, we could see two different quarterbacks – were, you know, two quarterback system a night for Ohio as they try to figure this out. And then for me, that's another reason to kind of lean on the under because you're going to have, you know, different guys trying to do different things. And uh, here's the big thing for Central Michigan. Uh, David Moore, transfer from Memphis. He was supposed to start tonight, but it's not looking like his NCAA suspension is going to be, uh, you know, completed. He was suspended after I think it was four or five games last year for a substance issue. So he was right around the year mark for tonight's game. But I, you know, I was checking it out. I looked at Twitter, um, read some articles. Looks like he's not going to be playing tonight. So the guy that they thought was going to be starting for them now isn't. So I think these offenses are going to have some issues, especially against these front sevens that are pretty stout as far as the max concerned. I'm not talking nationally, but, you know, they every defense has their weak spot. And these are smaller schools for a reason with not as much talent for a reason. But, you know, like I said, I'm looking for the defense uh, – the, wow, defenses for both teams to come in and play well and kind of take advantage of these new quarterbacks that are still getting their sea legs under them. It's true. So I was going to say on the Ohio Utes, it might be a good time to do the futures bet on uh, on them to win the conference championship. Um, they haven't won it since 1968, despite um, – you know, Solich is a great coach. I think he is yeah. the winningest 
coach in the history of the MAC. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's 78 years old, 19th year at Ohio. So, I mean, he's a good old fashioned coach. 14 straight winning record seasons, I think, too, or something. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a double digit number. Yeah. Well, yeah maybe it's, it's, it's their time. Yeah. Uh, they went 10 and 1 in that 1968 season, by the way, just in case the listeners were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you, honestly. I didn't um, know. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's my general take on this game. Um, again, it's probably the game I'm going to be more excited for, most excited for out of this whole slate. I am excited for, you know, individual teams, you know, that we're going to talk about here soon. But as far as a game and then seeing how these, specifically the defensive line of Central Michigan, how they uh, kind of start 2020 after their really successful season last year um one other side note both running backs even though Oshan Allison's probably going to be out tonight but you know Demontre Tuggle and this is something to keep a note on as we move through the year for the MAC conference um both of those running backs averaged over six yards per carry last year so that's um they run the ball and so does Central Michigan and so that was another reasoning why uh I really liked the total to go under in this game. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty uh, heavy dosage of a run attack that will probably be carried over into 2020. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's really dependent on the quarterback though. If, if they are going to have the dual threat of Armani um, Rogers in there, or if they're going to have the younger uh, brother of Nathan Rourke Curtis out there, just Brett Favre in it to these top five pass catchers they got back so um any other side notes on this ohio central michigan game before we move on to the next no i think we covered it pretty good there sure sure all right so the next game is going to be the um i want to say i'm just trying to go in like time rotation to kind of keep it cohesive for the listeners if they're going along strolling along um here we go so ball state yeah ball state at miami of ohio and, you know, this game, like, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't dig into it as heavy as I did a couple of the others. I think this is going to be the one that's going to be the most closely battled game, in my opinion. Ball State opened, um, I believe it was plus two. Now it's a pick, if I recall correctly. The Ball State money line was p- almost plus 110 in some places. Now I think it's minus something now so I mean there are um a lot of people bet in this game and then a lot of action on both sides and uh you know just to get your thoughts on it first um because you know we can talk all day about who's not on the team from last year or that or yeah so it opened plus three for Ball State it's a pick over under went up a point from 55 up to 56. So they expect more of a close game, not necessarily a shootout, but maybe a closely competitive game. Um, so what are your first thoughts at your first glance on this game? Well, it's interesting that with Miami having all the starters coming back, 10 on offense, and I think it's seven on defense, that's 17 out of 22, that um, the you know, betting public hasn't favored them. Um, even even more. So the fact that Ball State is is now down to it'll, it'll go to pick them, and I think that's where it'll it'll probably stop. 
ahead of game time tonight um, makes me immediately go to Ball State. And Ball State does have a couple of trends that are worth noting. Uh, they're 11-2 and two as a road underdog with three points or less. They're 22-5 and five, uh, stretch here as a road underdog of seven points or less. So, you, you know, I, you have one data set and I drill down and make it a little bit tighter, but both of them are clearly on, on Ball State. And then um, scroll down here through the sheet. And uh, I actually do not have a qualified system for Ball State. Um, but in terms of the, the team, um, on paper, I think they are the better team, despite Miami of Ohio having all those starters coming back. Yeah. So um, yeah, my lead would be on, uh, on Ball State tonight. Yeah, you know, I wish I would have listened and kind of sprinkled on that plus money uh, money line bet for them uh, before it kind of, you know, kerplunked all the way down to minus, I think I'm seeing minus 107 in a lot of places right now. But, you know, the big thing for Ball State is that senior quarterback, Drew Plitt, uh, he's returning, as well as a very veteran-based offense that led the Mac in scoring last year. And, you know, the offensive line definitely lost – a, a huge piece in Danny Pinter, who went to the NFL, who was actually one of my favorite guard uh, prospects going into the – or tackle, I'm sorry, tackle prospects uh, going into the draft last year. Um, he started all 24 games in his past two years there with the Cardinals. But they got a kid named Curtis Blackwell, and he's going to lead a unit that has four seniors on that line. They excelled in run – run offense and run blocking last year, but, uh, you know, pass protection, they, they definitely got to clean some stuff up on that. But, I mean, th- like I said, it, it's going to be a veteran-led offense, and they led the conference in scoring last year. And, and we talk about this with 2020 a lot, and that's the word continuity. And it's just – it was such a weird, shortened um, offseason, diluted, if you will, and – you know, this continuity with these kids that know each other, know how each other plays, their offensive systems stay in play, the head coach stays there, there's not a lot of change, there's not a lot of guys leaving. You know, it's that, that is huge. Um, and, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit, but Joey Lynch actually left for the offensive coordinator position at Colorado State. So they do have a new offensive coordinator, um, but he, it was a guy that was the former running backs coach and offensive assistant. So – you know, as seamless of a transfer of the torch, if you will, that you could have possibly. You know, it's an in-house guy coming up, very familiar with the way the head coach operates, with the way these kids play. And, you know, they they got some, some playmakers in Ball State too. So um, just to kind of talk a little bit about Miami, you speak to them, their uh, returning starters and such, but I want to talk on a couple points um, of the defense um, real quick. And, you know, they finished last year as the 111th uh, team on offense and 77th on defense. So they, you know, outperformed the offense, obviously. They, they did get shown to be pushed around. They ranked 86th in line yards last year. Um, so they lost a couple of stud defensive guys, specifically defensive tackle Doug Coaston, who is now a member of the Jaguars. Um, but they excelled at getting to the quarterback, finishing top 20 in sack rate. Um, and Cameron Butler had 14 and a half tackles for loss last year. 
and he's going to be the leader and the star of that defensive line. So I, I'm looking for him to maybe have a sack and a half tonight. I think that'd be a nice call for him. Yeah. But uh, especially since pass protection is an issue for Ball State. But, um, like, you know, now that we're breaking it down, this is actually going to be a matchup that's right up there with Ohio and Central Michigan that I'm going to be probably keenly watching very, very uh, sharply because – I think, you know, watching the first game and seeing how these teams play and come out, it's important for future handicapping. In the Mac, the Mac is going to be a whirlwind of a schedule. I don't know if you've seen the schedule and what they're planning on doing and how they're going to get all these games in, but it's like 20 straight days of football for for us, and the Mac is the biggest reason for that. So, I mean – Wednesday, Thursday is going forward, I think. Yeah. It's uh, their their first – I think it's the first four games, I think is what I read. First four games are going to be on those days, and then they're going to transition some of them to Saturday. So, I mean, there's going to be weeks where we have six, five or six days of football, and, you know, I'm not complaining. I don't think you are either, but um, it's just it, – it, it speaks again to, you know, 2020. This is going to be – That's a great point. The, uh, really weird. One of my parameters is rest and – in that, in that scheduling situation, it's going to be uh, teams who played, say, on a Thursday, and then they transition to Saturday. So they're going to have nine going up against a team that um, you know, is not getting nine. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out when I run those queries, because that's something I'll do. And also, the, uh, these teams are pretty close together uh, geographically, but travels is still, you know, that's going to be a bigger issue than, say, teams in the Big Ten that are uh, you know, taking jets to the games. Um, I'm not sure if Maryland you know, uses a bus to go to Rutgers or Penn State or you know, that triad there. Uh, but I think that's something that, that is definitely worth looking into since we really don't have home field advantage to, to really calculate. There's not going to be any fans in the stands, according to the commissioner of the MAC. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a real good point. Um, just to kind of get on a small – slice of a tangent here um i remember i was handicapping some games during the thick of uh college basketball last year and central michigan had the two students come back from china before anything happened it was like a month and a half before anything shut down they had the two students come back and central michigan shut their campuses down they 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 said we don't know how to handle this this is a weird health crisis didn't get talked about, didn't get talked about. And then, so, so I, I guess what I'm saying is central Michigan was uh, ahead of it before the Ivy league schools. Um, but you know, they couldn't really get the NCAA to back them. Uh, there, there were games canceled last year before the big shutdown. Uh, central Michigan had to cancel a couple basketball games because they didn't know what students had it, what athletes had it. They, they didn't know anything about it. Um, and another thing that a lot of people forget from last year is Miami of Ohio was the MAC champion last year. That's true. So I think Ball State's going to, you know, come out and try to make a huge statement against the defending champ. And I think a lot of people are backing them, obviously, because that money line movement. Um, so. That's a great um, point, too, Dan, because you got the, the champ uh, at Pickham at home. Right. And they, had seven, and they have 17 starters coming back, including the quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think the play is uh, on Ball State. 
Yeah. And again, you know, guys and gals, listeners of all gender, age, and affiliation, uh, you know, it's like we said, conviction and value is huge, but this is an instance where you're probably, I would definitely recommend half units or three quarters of a unit. I mean, however your book allows you or whatever. So with that being said, let's pivot over to probably one of the betting favorites to win the conference this year. And that's the Buffalo Bulls. They're going to go on the road. Uh, you know, they're taking on Northern Illinois. Let me find my line here real quick because I've been all over the place with them. And the numbers are – there's a lot of movement. And I think it's because, like you said, it's the only show on tonight. But uh, from the opening line of 9.5, Buffalo is up to minus 14 as the road favorite. Over-under stayed put at 52. So, you know, I'll let you kind of take this one first because I want to gather, you know, my notes on it and, um, you know, find a couple decent good talking points. But, like I said, Buffalo, a lot of people are probably going to pick them to win this conference with, you know, low doubt and high confidence. Um, But, you know, I haven't dug into this team as deeply as I did, you know, say Ohio or Ball State. But, um, I mean, they went 8-5 and five last year. They got a blowout bowl victory. And uh, the first in school history um, as far as uh, – oh, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, yeah, yeah. They got their first bowl victory. I was looking for the continuation of that sentence, but, no, it, it wasn't there, um, which is kind of surprising if you think about Buffalo, uh, which is why I was looking for the end of that sentence. So – but they're, they're the only team in the MAC to rank inside the top 50 in success rate uh, from last year on both sides of the ball. So heading into 2020, they bring back much of that production um, as, you know, almost as much, if not more than any other team in the league. So uh, do you got anything on this one right away? Yeah, I like Buffalo's the, uh, the, the preferred choice to win the conference as a bet. Uh, you're not getting too much, uh, you know, value out of it, uh, but it's certainly worthwhile um, putting one down on the uh, futures. And the thing that sticks out with me is uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show: teams that run the ball and are double-digit favorites at some point down the road. Uh, Buffalo would be at the top of my list uh, for sure. So last year they outrushed uh, opponents by 157 yards a game. That's a differential, which is absolutely monstrous in size. And they also uh, did real well protecting the quarterback. They allowed only eight sacks. On defense, they had, I think, it might have been 50. You probably have the numbers in front of you, but it was 48, 49, or 50 sacks for the season against eight allowed. And that margin is is insanely good. Yeah. And they, they bring back, uh, as you mentioned, they bring back a, a ton of the production from last year, uh, approximately 84% the way I calculate it. You can take passing yards, rushing yards, minus sack yards, which is how I do it. Uh, but, you know, everybody has a, a way of doing that. It's like power ratings. Right. But nevertheless, they're bringing back an absolute ton. And uh, they, they are a double-digit favorite here, and this, this would definitely be one that is on the radar for tonight. And this, uh, I can honestly admit, I've already bet this game. Um, I think 14 is the highest I've seen it. And yeah. I thought it was going to top at 11 and a half. So this move must have happened between yesterday and today. 
And while we're talking, I'm going to pull up the injury report because maybe we had I, – I don't know if anyone was ruled out. But sorry, keep on, keep on going. That's okay. Um, I also wanted to see what the – you know, Northern Illinois, too, is a, is a team that has a, a good brand, right? But I think they won the championship back in 15, 16. Yeah, yeah, they they made a couple of those New Year's. They they had a New Year's bowl with uh, was it Paxton Lynch was their quarterback? Yeah, that's right. That is yeah. right. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, so you know, in this particular matchup, Buffalo has lost eleven in a row to these uh, Northern Illinois Huskies. So that's you know, I'm sure that's been put on a blackboard. Um, Northern Illinois is eight and three against the spread, but again, we have a a, a brand here in the you know franchise in the MAC that is not getting better year after year. In fact, they're, they're getting a touch worse each, each season over the last three seasons. And Buffalo is definitely the team on the rise in the map. Right. Um, from the, the metrics I just told you, uh, yeah, I like this game a lot. I, as I said, I already bet it. And I wouldn't be scared to bet it at 14 either. Yeah. Um, I could be uh, a fool for saying this, but I, I, I could definitely see Buffalo winning this game by 20. Um, just to piggyback off of what you were talking about with the run heavy approach of this team, just comparative to their passing numbers last year. Um, you know, last year per pass yards per pass, they were outside the top 100 now comparatively. So to their rushing yards, uh, their yards per rush, they were top 25 and two of the huge pieces of the production that we've talked about, is, you know, they're getting their wide receiver, their dynamic, bonafide, explosive deep threat of Antonio Nunn back. And then undoubtedly, you know, their star, uh, Jarrett Patterson, which if you got like a minute and a half, look up some of this kid's film. Uh, it, it's, he, he's good. He's really good. He, he's a two-star out of Maryland, but he, he's made every bit of an opportunity and ran with it here in Buffalo. Um, and then, you know, their backup running back, Kevin Marks, ran for over 1,000 yards last year. So, I mean, th- th- they're returning so much. And, again, I, I know I've said it. I'm harping on it. And it, the continuity, you know, it's huge. But um, here's another thing. You said I might have the numbers in front. I don't have the exact numbers, but I do have some percentages as far as their defense goes to kind of back up what you were talking about. Last year – um, it was the best the- Buffalo's defense was the best in the Mac easily ranking 26 nationally in success rate. But then with that being said, um, it- they ranked 17th in line yards as far as defense. So they won more yards than their opposing offense that they were going against for the listeners. Um, and fourth in sack rate fourth. So, I mean, they're right there with Clemson and Ohio state and, you know, uh, so, um, Fourth and sack rate is huge, and they're returning um, their best. I mean, their edge rush duo with first team All Mac defensive ends Taylor Riggins and Malcolm Kuntz. Um, no, they're going to miss Ladarius Mack, but you know they have so many other great pieces. And then not to mention that they got a transfer from Boston College and Shabuze Amuka. So. You know, they ranked fourth nationally in yards per rush last year at 2.9. This front seven is still loaded, and I'm looking for them to just completely dominate this line of scrimmage tonight. 
And, you know, I, I think you're going to see stretch of the, stretches of this game where the Buffalo defense has to keep everything afloat, um, you know, for, you know, a few possessions at a time and then bail their offense out, even though they're returning a lot of guys on the offensive side. I mean, it's just um, – it seems like that's the way it goes with teams that have pretty much elite defenses. So, um as I think far as defensive ends coming back to uh, yeah, Wiggins and Malcolm uh, Kuntz. Kuntz, yep, yep. Had, uh, 18 sacks combined last year, so mm-hmm. yeah, that you're going to see that on TV tonight too. Yeah, look at how they stunt those kids. I could see them running, you know, both of them on stunts to bring them over the top. Um, maybe create like a tidal wave effect, bring their gaps kind of out in a like triangular uh, motion. They're really smart with their linebacker coverages, too. I mean, this is a school where Khalil Mack came from, and it's the same coaching staff, if I'm not mistaken. I I could be wrong, so fact check me on that. I did not double-check that. But if my recent college football memory serves me right, this is is a program that's had continuity for more than a couple years now. Um, You know, I, I don't have a lot to say about Northern Illinois, so if you're a Huskies fan out there, I apologize. It's just it's hard to not uh, kind of be awestruck at what Buffalo's returning, especially uh, on the offensive side of the ball with uh, Patterson, um, Jarrett Patterson. Like I said, just look that kid up. Um, but you know, as far as the game goes, I put Buffalo into a ten point super teaser, um, so I got them down to four. Um, it's not that I don't have confidence in the 14 or this team, but I'm trying to minimize risk and up my value and conviction in, especially with it being the first game. So I think it's important to find spots that you like. And then if you get some hoopla thrown at you because you throw teasers together a lot or whatever, then whatever. But, you know, some people call it a cop out, but you know, it's, you got to, the goal here is to win money and to make smart bets. So I think that Buffalo minus four coupled with a couple other picks is a smarter bet than, you know, just taking Buffalo straight up at minus 14. So, cause you know, Northern NIU, they're, they're not chumps either. They're not, you know, they finished seven and five last year. And I think from top to bottom, the Mac other than, you know, Akron, uh, you know, it was pretty competitive, you know, Kent state came on as of late, which, Kent State gave Buffalo their only loss to end the season. They could have went 7-0. and They were up, I think it was 28 points in the fourth quarter, and Kent State completed an all-time college football fourth-quarter comeback um, as a part of their five-game uh, winning streak to end the year last year. And they needed that game against Buffalo to get bowl eligible. So, I mean, that, that's pretty much where I stand on that. I, I mentioned I threw it into a teaser um, but again, if you want to just turn this TV on and look for some really smooth operating defensive play and offensive players, then I, I think this is the game that you're going to want to tune to. Yeah, for, no, 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 I'll just add that you know, Ross Bowers is a, is a kid that came from California. Oh, yeah. Uh, when California was pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I, I vaguely remember him getting sacked uh, more than 50 times. Uh, and then he was benched the following year, I believe. I don't think it was injury-related. He didn't yeah. play hardly at all. And then he transferred to Northern Illinois. Uh, 
I did see a nerdy starting tonight, and this will be the second season for the Huskies. Oh, wow. um, kind of uh, pedestrian-type numbers from him, like 57% completions. Uh, yeah, the NCAA quarterback rating is calculated differently in the NFL, but it's still, again, pedestrian, like 122. In college, sometimes players can reach 200 in a given game. I mean, Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall, he's at, like, 192 for the season. Yeah, it's so, crazy. But. So, uh, you know, this this poor guy, uh, I, I guess he's been sacked about a – I would make the over-under 100 times in the last two seasons. So Rough. That's he so also rough. knows those defensive ends are going to be uh, pretty hungry to get, get at him tonight. Yeah. So that's not a good situation either for Northern Illinois, unfortunately. But, I mean, it's worth mentioning, I think. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I think is worth mentioning, just to kind of piggyback and you're, you know, in tandem with you is, you know, the pieces around said quarterback, you know, they're returning a league low 39% of their returning production from 2019. And a lot of that is on the offensive side of the ball. So not only do you have this kid going out there that's kind of traumatized and he's shell shocked and he's got a little PTSD going on, you also don't, give him, you know. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply stuff around him to be real hopped up about so um it could be a seven sack night for buffalo I, I, yeah that's probably a good over under number i would definitely take the over five that, that returning uh production has to be one of the lowest in the in the conference if not the nation just uh to put it in perspective that's yeah. really really low it, it is actually it is the lowest in the mac it is um and then um, let's see if there's any other 
just kind of scrolling through my notes. I want to make sure there's not any. Okay, so yeah, so their offensive line, they ranked 119th in line yards last year. Uh, the Huskies, Northern Illinois did. So, uh, Moving on. Um, Bowling Green and Toledo. Bowling Green Falcons going on the road, taking on Toledo. And, uh, you know, this is probably one of the games that I'm not looking too, too much at just because it's a weird line. Um, Bowling Green getting 24 points. It's come up from 18. Over under is 63. It opened at 60. Toledo, the home favorite. Uh, 20, 24 points is, um, now I'll, I'll, while you speak, I'll, I'll look into, you know, like the returning numbers, the production, kind of see what, what, what we have in, in regards to why Toledo is warranted this 24 point favorite number. But if memory serves me from last year, and I, I watch a lot of Mac, I, I like the Mac. Uh, I, as we all know, I love my weird small school stuff. So um, both teams clean on the injury front, um, make sure there was no late, you know, opt outs or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this one to you first. Um, there's no way that you would consider laying the 24 with. Toledo, which, I mean, there's 14-mile-per-hour wins tonight. So um, maybe the under's even in play. You know, both these offenses, you know, they, they struggle at times last year, uh, heftily. Okay, Bowling, Bowling Green is um, – earlier this week I was talking to somebody, and we were talking about Akron, and uh, if they were ever going to cover the spread again, and we talked about that earlier in the show. Um, Akron has a chance to have a win this year, and it's against Bowling Green. So putting that in perspective, I, I actually think that game will be pick them based on what we know right now. Um, I also keep in mind, I also thought Michigan State was a horrible team and had no chance against Michigan. So we're not, we're not always right here, but uh, I think in this particular case, those are two of uh, the bottom feeders in the MAC conference. And, uh, you know, at, at 24 points, it's it, it opened at, uh, I think you said 18, I have 18, and, and – Granted, there's more than 70% of the tickets on uh, Toledo here. And anytime I see, you know, approaching 75, that's a red flag. It, it then becomes a contrarian bet, especially when it looks like 82% of the money is on Toledo too. Uh, but when you're back in a, a dog that, you know, is a, is a real mutt, <laughs> it, it, makes it, it makes it very difficult to put your hard-earned money behind something like that. If you, I'll give you a, a, a suggestion. If you, if you really do like uh, Bowling Green or you like Toledo, take half your bet size and bet it. And then use the live line to take advantage of it. Because rarely do we ever make bets that go from beginning to end and it's a route. And we all you know, feel like geniuses. There's ebbs and flows. You know, it's really apparent in uh, you know, college basketball and the NBA. There's big swings in, in emotion and scoring. And, uh, you know, who's to say Bowling Green doesn't get out of the shoot and get up 7 nothing? You can pick up Toledo then for probably minus 20 or minus 19. Yeah, probably minus 21, but it's still better than paying 24. Right. And, uh, you know, if you have one of those rare games that Toledo gets out to a 21 nothing lead, then you have half a bet on it. So what? You, yeah. yeah. You're going to win. Yeah. So I, um, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Go ahead. I was just looking for uh, – 
see if I have any uh, system here on this game. And uh, I don't, as, a, as amazing as that is. But I can tell you this. Uh, we were talking about double-digit favorites in the MAC as a preferred choice for the season. So I, I ran a query uh, just now. Uh, double-digit favorites that score 28 or more points. So uh, obviously, at minus 24 and where the total is, it's pretty likely Toledo's going to score 28 or more points here. And that might be the first half. So Toledo, when they have done this as a double-digit favorite, they're 45-1 and one straight up, 29-16 to the over, and 32-13 with one push for 71% winners against the, the spread. So for you know, that reason alone, I can tell you my machine learning, I think it's 93% probability they score 28 or more. Uh, you know, I have to go with that 71% chance to win. Yeah. And that obviously is not Bowling Green. Yeah, it's um, and I was just kind of trying to find the you know production numbers and the you know, returning. Just listen to some of this. It's oh man, it's so bad. Uh, so last year in 2019, the offense and defense finished you know respectively so 128th out of 130 teams offensively, 124th out of 130 in the final SP ratings, and then the special teams, 130th out of 130. Um, now, despite being one of the youngest or the youngest team in the MAC last season, Bowling Green still lost over 50% of its offensive and defensive production. And then on top of that, their roster this year still consists of over 60% freshmen. So that is huge. That is very, very huge in my, in my opinion. Both quarterbacks that had experience from last year are gone. So they have a brand new kid in there trying to get acclimated. The only weapon he's going to have back is NFL prospect tight end Quentin Morris, six foot four tight end converted from a wide receiver. He's the only offensive player on this team that received any all Mac honors last year. And then to kind of flip it over to the defensive side, um, they lost four of their top six tacklers. The only defender that received all Mac honors in 2019 was outside linebacker Colby Coleman. He's returning, so I mean that's a bright spot. We can't be all negative here, but um, the secondary couldn't cover anybody last year, and they were one of only three teams to allow at least seven yards per pass with UMass and UConn, and uh, <laughs> those are some football teams you do not want to be in company with. Uh, at all, in my opinion. Um, you know, and then just to kind of commandeer a little bit longer here, John, and I apologize, but for for, stuff, man. for Toledo, um, they actually return a really uh, dynamic uh, backfield between Bryant Kobach, sophomore, and uh, Shakif Seymour. Um, and then they also get back their all-Mac wide receiver in Bryce Mitchell which I saw some really, really good games from him last year. And this is a team that ranked 19th nationally in yards per carry with 5.2 last year. And uh, now they did lose their um, – their, their offense will have a new coordinator because Brian Wright left for the head coaching gig at Pittsburgh State, which is a small school in Kansas that no one really knows about. I, I moved to Wichita and someone said Pittsburgh State to me, and I, I didn't know there was a Pittsburgh, Kansas. So – but uh, yeah, <laughs> be a question. Yeah, um, and then Brian Kobach, I, I talked about him. He's a redshirt sophomore, six foot, 
zero, 205 pounds. He had 105 rushing attempts last year as a freshman, 688 yards, six touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. He was a transfer from Kentucky, and he's going to be in this system another year. So, you know, it's a lot of points like we said, but maybe look at the first half play. Maybe look at a Toledo team total. Um, just because I don't think that Bowling Green is going to offer – if they offer resistance at all, it's going to be very, very minimal. And uh, right now a Toledo – oh, my goodness. <laughs> the Toledo team total is 43. So uh, no true opinion on that. <laughs> That's a lot of points. There might be some uh, motivation here for Toledo because I just noticed looking at the matchups going back uh, all the way to 1988 – that somehow Bowling Green is a 26-and-a-half-point underdog defeated Toledo outright. And that that is, uh, looking at my grid here, that's the biggest upset win in program history. My goodness. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they were 24-and-a-half. This is um, – I mean, that's unreal. This is a, this is a hefty number. So I'm, I'm looking at the first half team total for Toledo – it's 21 and a half. I, I, I like that a little more. Um, but, you know, like we talked about, without having any data, seeing how these teams perform in the first half this year, we can look at all the data from last year. But, you know, it, you, you got to kind of choose your paralysis by analysis. Um, yeah, I agree. Bowling Green, you know, over nine and a half for the first half. Uh, I mean, if Toledo scores a crap ton, then Bowling Green's just going to get the ball back a lot. But again, new quarterback, no continuity, 60% or more freshmen to make up your roster. First half spread is minus 14 for Toledo. Um, Toledo team total in the first quarter is nine and a half. I could see them scoring a touchdown in a field goal early, maybe two back-to-back touchdown drives. But uh, this is a weird one. I think this is probably the game on this Mac card for tonight that you probably look at live betting a bit more um, yeah. uh, intrusively than you would any of the other games just because this number is so large. So we have to uh, – in this matchup uh... – Bowling Green has scored in the first half, if you want to know. Sure. And then while you look that up, uh, Kent State just went to minus four and a half. So we were talking about them at minus four. Yeah, I was. I continue. was. So. So they've scored um, three points. This is going back to 1988 in this, in this matchup against Toledo. They've scored three once, seven once, uh, ten – I'm sorry, seven points five times, 10 only once, 14 only once, 16 only once, and more than 17 on five different occasions. Hmm. So that's, that is kind of interesting with that nine and a half. I mean, yeah, it seems like a trap. Like it should be 10 and a half because then it'd be more under bets, I think, than at yeah. nine and a half. But. Man, what a weird line. But, you know, if I, I, I just looking at it, you know, if I want to take a stab or a sprinkle on something uh, over nine and a half for first quarter team total of Toledo. I mean, 
with with this Bowling Green State being uh, team being what they are, I think it's hard to not look at Toledo being able to move the ball, especially with the amount of production that they got back in their ground attack. So I wouldn't be shocked if a 50-yard run was broken off in the first quarter. But uh, we won't spend all of our time talking about the MAC, even though it's exciting <laughs> and it's coming back. Um, you want to move on to some other college football games, or you got any other notes on this? Uh, go ahead. You, you lead the way here. Perfect. All right. Sure. Well, before we do, let's talk about the other presenting sponsor for the show, and that's mybookie.ag. Go over there, use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. You're going to get a 100% initial deposit match. You're going to get a $10 free bet. And, uh, you know, great customer service. You've, you've got some really great lines makers over there. You know, like I said on the show before, I, I've set my grandma up with one. I've set my dad up with one, my little brother, my uncle. My dad, you know, I don't think he's ever sports bet a day in his life, but he likes the fact that he can get up on there and look at some horse races. And then my uncle, you know, he loves blackjack, so he gets on there and plays blackjack. And then Gmo, God bless her heart, she, she gets on there and plays slot machines. So, I mean, it's got a little something for everybody. Um, Mybookie.ag. Hoopball is your promo code H O O P B A L L. And uh, bet, win, get paid. Mybookie.ag. All right. I'm going to have you throw a game out that you're looking forward to the most in college football later in the week or um, maybe, you know, Saturday. Um, and then uh, I want to hear what you have to say about it. Well, the one that comes to mind initially here looking at the calendar is the Boise State BYU game. And, uh, you know, it becomes a question of, of how good BYU is because they've had kind of a, a soft uh, schedule so far. Uh, I do think they're a very good team, but now they're stepping up in competition against Boise. And they're playing on that beautiful blue field, which has a nickname, I guess it's a Smurf field. Smurf turf. And a Smurf turf, that's it. Um, and Boise is a, is a home dog of, of three points, which – immediately puts them in a, in a favorable situation. It's, um, you know, I don't know what the fan situation is in Boise. I have, I have a note to look that up. But even if it's not, um, you know, playing on that field is, is a home field advantage right there. And BYU has played there, so they know that field pretty well as a visitor. But still, I think Boise, this is a, these are the games that Boise really rises to. And they, uh, they usually win more than they don't. I'm going to pull up the technicals here in a second. Let's see what we got here. Uh, so I have the Jeopardy uh, music being played here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I can edit, it, uh, edit that in. Yeah, yeah, that would be good, yeah. Uh, so, you know, BYU is number nine in the country, and there's been a lot of teams in the top 10 this year that get in the top 10 for the first time of the season. And then they, they lay an egg, uh, North Carolina, you know, I, I don't have to tell you who they are. You already know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and there was, there was COVID related issues with, um, with the, uh, the Boise state team, but that's all behind them now. Uh, it's almost like they got that out of the way. I believe it was about a month ago. They got hit pretty hard. Right. Um, so the, the team is healthy, and it's not hanging over their heads now. I mean, that's fortunate for them. 
but in terms of the uh, the betting here, the uh, let's see here, BYU uh, one one fifteen and sixty against the number of the last ten years at sixty six percent winners. I don't like that percentage though. Sixty six. I mean, all you need is sixty six point six, and it, I wouldn't bet it just because of that yeah. number. Yeah, a little superstitious. That gets me a little weirded out. But anyway. It also means that you win twice as many as you lose, the, you know, the devil sign. But anyway, uh, you're, you're playing on uh, – this This uh, goes. This one supports BYU. And I'm just throwing it out there for those that want BYU because I'm on Boise, and I'll get to Boise in a second. So you're playing against all teams with a line of three points on either side of pick them, so three-point favorite, three-point dog. After a game that they allowed six or more yards per play, and they're facing an opponent in Boise – uh, is coming off a game where they outgained the opponent by 125 or more total yards. So that's a pretty easy one to track. You know, you can do it without a computer either. So now on Boise, this one is even simpler. It's uh, 60, oh, 70% winners uh, over 90 plays going back to 2000. Play on home underdogs after scoring 42 or more points in two straight games. Um, so obviously, in this case, the machine learning models have a very high probability Boise will score more than 28 points against BYU, despite what the media might tell you about BYU's defense. I said earlier, I don't, I don't think BYU is a bad team. They're, they're ranked ninth for a reason. Uh, but this is a tough matchup for them uh, to contain this offense. So anyway, Boise is 15-3 and three against the number of the last three years from scoring 28. They're 145-62-1. and one. Last 10 years. You know, that, it's hard to argue with that. And the, the betting line is telling you that they're projected to score at least 28. Um, there's one other thing I was going to point out here. Uh, Parson the coach. Coaching trends are an important part of any handicapping methodology. I'm fortunate enough to have been able to uh, code these things right into the, uh, the database. So, uh, this head coach is, is very good as an underdog. He's 12-3 and three in his career as a head coach uh, when installed as a home underdog, and I like that very much. Uh, he's also 9-1 and one facing excellent offensive teams. So, And by offensive teams, that means averaging six and a quarter or more yards per play. And again, that's, this is over his coaching career. So it's kind of like a saving metric uh, that there's so many on him where – you know, he's playing a team that has, uh, you know, after week eight and is undefeated. You know, it's stuff like that that really has uh, meat and potatoes behind it. It's not just, you know, Harson's 12-3 and three on Wednesdays um, or playing on a blue field, for example. That means nothing. Uh, but as a home underdog, I, I think uh, having that kind of coach uh, is superior, and that adds even more fuel to my uh, my love for Boise State. This is going to be one of my, my – uh, 4% uh, best bets on Saturday. They go to my premium uh, clients. Um, and they don't mind me doing that as long as I don't give out the whole entire card. But uh, this, this is a, a very good opportunity to bet Boise State. And I would, I would jump on them now. I wouldn't wait. Sure. And, you know, the line movement, you know, it opened out a pick. Um, one thing I will point out, and I, I pointed out because I got severely lucky last week, I placed a bet on Boise State to cover against Air Force and to cover in the first half, which they did both. 
I didn't realize that Hank Buckmeyer was, uh, he was ruled out. I think it was like 30 minutes before kickoff. So there, there's some question mark about him in this game that gives me a little pause on the Boise state side, but you know, we've, we've talked about it in the past. Like we've been on opposite sides of the spectrum on games of four. I always get a little more eerie of it because, you know, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. And, uh, you know, you've got some really great data. Um, for me, you know, I, I literally here. I'll hold it up for you. Listeners can't see it, but I mean, this is this is my data. Like this is, it's a, I got my my uh, spiral notebook and hand. He's old school, man. Yeah, that's it's just for me. That's I don't cool. know. I feel a little more connected to my to my picks if I do that. Um, just a couple of talking points for me in this game, and just to be clear, I am on the BYU side because I've watched so much of their, so many of their games. And a, a thing I've talked about is the fact that everyone thinks that you know, with with that dynamic quarterback they have in Zach Wilson, that they just sling the ball everywhere, but they actually run the ball a lot. They run the ball fifty four point two nine percent of the time, and. You know, like I said, Boise State just played against Air Force, so I think their rush defense numbers are going to be a little inflated. 263 yards per game. They've only played two games. But, uh, you know, if they were able to get gashed by one good running team, I think they could probably get gashed by another. Um, The competition side of things for BYU does give me a little concern. But – what doesn't give me too much concern is the fact that they've handled those teams the way that they should have. And that gives me a little more confidence in the Cougars. Um, and they're, you know, again, we can chalk it up to competition or what, but I mean, the defense, you know, they've just, they, they've been controlling um, again, doing what they should, what they should. And then this isn't, this is going to be the biggest test this whole season. Um, Potent offense, their defense gets them the ball a lot, not through turnovers. They actually don't rank that high as far as turnovers per game or margin, but through, you know, solid third down defense, their top 10 in um, red zone opponent scoring percentage. So there's a whole lot of different things to look at in this game. All I know is I'm excited for it as a football fan and as a better for Friday night. I mean, it's a great game. You know, we got two ranked teams. And, um, you know, we didn't even talk about the total, but uh, 59 and a half right now. So, again, the biggest thing for me on this is going to see well, – is seeing what Mr. Bachmeier's going to be doing, if he's going to be in or out. I mean, that's a huge, huge piece for me. Yeah, I was just running some uh, – you know, with the rank, you mentioned uh, Boise. Boise is, what, 21? 21, yep. All right, so uh, I just did uh, uh, teams that are ranked uh, 10 or lower as three-point favorites against an opponent that's not ranked higher than them in the standings. Uh, that's 31-41 with four pushes, so that's uh, – Oh, wow. Betting against them would be like 57%. I mean, at 57%, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they're always looking for that 65 or you see the advertisements for – you know, 80% winners over 100 years, and, you know, it's you, you, you buy it, and I'm sorry to say you end up regretting it because it, it's something that, you know, your dog could have thought of. Right. Uh, but 57% is pretty good. Now, let's do a way favorite. 
I mean, this could be, it's either going to tell us something or it won't. I get a little bit better. Uh, the, the team BYU, in this case, is in a way favored uh, playing a team that's ranked higher than them, in other words, worse than them, is 16 and 23 with two portions against the spread. That comes out to 59% betting against them. I'm not sure what that tells us, but it's kind of fun to do this on the fly for the listeners to actually see like how easy it is to, you know, pull this information out. I, it, I'm only limited by my creativity, really. Sure. You know, yeah. there's so many different parameters, and yeah, I have the models that do all these calculations, and and they produce uh, some really great results. But when you're just doing basic, basic, little basic queries, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, the world's your oyster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to do a little IPA board bet on it later in the week, see where uh, Mr. Botmeyer is, where the line settles, and then we can uh, have a little fun with it. Um, One game that I want to throw out there and talk about, and you may or may not have an opinion on it, most people probably won't because, again, we know how I am with my weird, weird games. Florida International going on the road, taking on UTEP. UTEP's a minus one and a half point home favorite. This is the same Florida International team that just lost to Jacksonville State, FCS team, only scored 10 points. And I'm sorry, let me backtrack because in my notes, I say I'll start by saying something nice about Florida International. <laughs> they ranked seventh in rushing yards per play with 5.8. And they, uh, the Panthers also ranked 15th with 219 rushing yards per game. Now I'm going to say something truthful but very mean uh, about the Panthers and the Florida international team. Uh, they're pretty terrible. Uh, they, they, like I said, they lost straight up to Jacksonville State, only mustered 10 total points. And for UTEP, the Miners, they have to stop this ground attack in order to um, – and I believe they're going to be able to – in order to, you know, win this game and ultimately cover the spread. But UTEP is a top 30 defense in opponent rushing yards per game, opponent rushing play percentage, opponent rushes per game, and opponent rushing yards per game. However, they are very, very, very susceptible to the passing attack of their opponents – so I'm curious to see if Florida International will try to get the air game going. I, they haven't all year, but they only pass the ball on 40.48% uh, of the plays that they run for only 97 yards per game. So if the Miners can come out positive in the turnover margin, stuff the run, and make less mistakes in regards to penalties than uh, Florida International – I, I believe they win this game very easily by at least one touchdown. Um, another note about UTEP, they also rank top 50 in opponent red zone scores per game. You know, they, they're pretty stout down in the red zone for being a Conference USA team. Uh, and UTEP, you know, they're not a football powerhouse by any, uh, any means and have never been. But I think this is the best team in program history. Um, they, they have a balanced offense. They, they just they got to clean up the turnovers. They have, they, they have turnover issues. But, again, I'm not really looking at Florida International to create too much pressure uh, and putting them in some bad positions. So that's my take on this one. I, I, I had no reason to believe that Florida International is going to do anything on the road here. 
Um, it's down in El Paso. I used to live there. So the, the mountains and the elevation and it, it's real, it's real. You know, I was, I was, uh, in the army in El Paso and then they used to have us run up and down mountains and my first time trying to do it, uh, it sucked. It really sucked. <laughs> so UTEP minus one and a half, um, just for the simple fact that Florida International lost to a FCS team and only scored 10 points. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, that's good work there, Devin. It really is. I'm running a, a query as we speak here based on some of the stuff you said there. You know, just taking just another second. What I'm doing is uh, uh, the line is uh, plus three on either side of pick them is my parameter uh, definition. So uh, line greater than minus three and three greater than Line. Hang in there, folks. It'll only be another another second here. All right, so losing two out of three, and then in a game like this, and you let's see, uh, Florida Nationals on the road. Correct. So let's see what that gives us. Gives a lot of games. Uh, so let me get rid of the. Let's do the last ten seasons. All right, so. Um, yeah, uh, teams that lose two out of three or three and uh, a line of uh, three points on your side of pick them and on the road since 2010, 106, 79, and 6, 57.3%. So we're on to something. Yeah. But now um, we'll put wins equals zero because they haven't won. So when I query two out of three, that could be at any point during the season. So this is going to make a winless team uh, that has lost three in a row. Um, yeah, all right. I didn't get anything back on that worthwhile, but let's change it to ATS margin now. Since they lost two out of three, uh, and we'll make it uh, greater than or equal to two of those three games. All right, so we got it. And wins equals zero. Uh, they're seven and four against the number since 2010 for 64%. The over seven and three for 70%. Uh, so, yeah, we, I mean, we just sat here. You gave me some ideas. And, you yeah, know, why, that's why people listen to these things. You know, we try to give out information that is useful and, and profitable. And here we just went through a little exercise where, you know, I kind of stepped everybody through how I think. You know, I, sure. You just keep drilling down and drilling down. As long as you're not going down a rabbit hole of meaningless parameters, you're, you're on to something. Yeah. But now we have a we have a supporting cast of data now on uh, Florida International to win this game. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, I'll just throw, you know, my other game that I'm looking out at, you know, real quickly. Um, just, you know, so we can get this episode up in time for the action to kick off. Uh, but I'm looking at, you know, newly ranked number 25 Liberty to go on the road against Vatek. Um, they're getting 14 and a half points that opened at 15 and a half. I, I'm just going to toot my own horn, John, because I talked about Liberty from week one. I talked about Coastal Carolina from week one. And look, they're both ranked. They are both ranked. Liberty has four players that rush, have rushed for over 300 yards. Uh, both teams elect to run the ball at least 60% of the time. And I believe, based off of what I've seen by the eye and the numbers, 
um, Liberty has a better rush defense than Virginia Tech. Um, over 250 rushing yards per game for both teams on this uh, in this matchup. Um, and, and, and the Flames, Liberty, you know, they only allow 131 rushing yards per game versus Virginia Tech's 195. Additionally so, Liberty only allows 4.3 yards per rush compared to the Hokies' 5.2. Liberty, they really don't pass the ball often, but uh, it actually might behoove them to do so in this matchup since Virginia Tech gives up an op uh, opponent completion percentage of 61.31% and 7.9 yards per pass. So... Being said, like the biggest problem with that is that Virginia Tech gets to the quarterback. They have a 9.55 sack percentage, which is tops or it's uh, top 13, I think it, it was. And Leary gives up a quarterback sack percentage of 8.11. So you know they they allow some pressure on their quarterback. But I think it could be one on the side of defense for Liberty. Um, a lot of people forget that they have a, a former four-star SEC recruit uh, quarterbacking them. Um, they have Hugh Freeze coaching them. They have continuity. They have a dynamic running back in B.J. Smith. Um, Liberty ranked for a reason. Um, they just shellacked Syracuse last week, so they're looking to get two big wins against ACC teams. Um, they're 14-and-a-half-point dogs, but – I honestly still feel like they could win this game. I'm not telling people to go play stats on the money line, but if you want some fun in a parlay or you want to sprinkle on the money line, I'm not going to be mad at you because, I mean, the numbers, the way they stand, I mean, and I, again, I might be biased or probably am, but the, this Liberty team, I, I, I like them. I just like them. Yeah, I do too. I definitely think you're onto something here too. Again, no respect and they're ranked. Right. 14 and a half is a lot. It is. I'm, I'm doing a, a query ranked opponent against, as a double digit dog, against a non ranked opponent. I don't believe Virginia Tech is ranked, right? No, they are not. They did just beat North Carolina last week, though. Yep, and let's see. Uh, I'm going to make the line 11 and a half because that'll filter down the games. Huh. That is quite interesting. It actually didn't, uh, double digit dogs that are ranked uh, didn't pull back any games at all. So that means that that really hasn't happened. Oh wow! So let me let me back out of that. So teams that are ranked in the top twenty-five and uh, double-digit dog are, you know, it's nothing. It's two ten, two seventeen, and six pushes. Uh, Forty-nine and three eighty-five straight up. Um, so that does put. Um, yeah, it doesn't really tell us anything. So let's do uh, in road. Um, I came up empty on this one too. The away double-digit dog doesn't give us much, and rank. And uh, oh, I know it. Here, strike what I said about that never happening because I, <laughs> I put the rank in um, as none for uh, Liberty. 
and I also had him ranked. So, you, you know, the database told me I'm an idiot. So, uh, let's see, an opponent rank is, is none, or null, as they, as they say. So, here we're uh, 58, uh, 65. So, we're getting a little bit better, uh, but a little bit better support on Virginia Tech. So, this is something I'll have to work on and not um, take up any more time on the show, but uh, at least another illustration of how, you know, Devin and I, like, dig through a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, with that being said, uh, you know, we mentioned some really great stuff as far as, you know, Mac and then some other lines that we're looking forward to. Um, I mean, we have a really exciting slate of college football. And because of that, I haven't spent a ton of time digging in the NFL yet this week. I'm a little behind the eight ball in the curve on this one. How about you throw one line out for us? Uh, for the NFL side that, you know, caught your eye um, and that you're kind of looking forward to. And then we'll uh, we'll kind of just roll this show on out so that way uh, the folks that want to listen to our full-on Mac breakdown can get that in and uh, maybe listen to it as they're looking at maybe placing some live bets and stuff. Well, the one that really sticks out is Pittsburgh-Dallas. Uh, that opened at 13 and a half, it's now 14. Uh, the world is on the Steelers. They're undefeated. And, um, you know, Dallas is a double-digit home dog. is is well-earned. Um, some of our listeners might have seen my uh, tweet, which I requested a, a line item in yesterday's election, uh, to vote for a new America's team <laughs> yeah. and to make America's team great again. So um, every once in a while, I feel, you know, um, you know, like I'm, I'm a little bit of creative there that I came up with something a little bit funny. Yes. Uh, but it's really nothing funny in Dallas right now. Um, you know, they did play a little bit uh, more spirited in their loss to Philly. Um, you know, I, I just don't know what's going on with that team. And it, it's just mind blowing that preseason, you can look at them on paper and they should win the NFC East. Easy. And then it's even more mind-blowing, but it is 2020 and COVID-19 and all that stuff, to see the NFC East uh, be as, as bad as it is. And you know, three and four is not a good record for a division leader. Mm-hmm. And they're the only team in the division that's won two games in a row, uh, that being the Eagles. Uh, but the Eagles, you know, have their work cut out going forward, too. They, they're on the bye this week. Then they have the Giants up in New York. And, uh, you know, arguably that should be a win, but maybe it's not because the Giants played them pretty tough. Um, I'm sorry, the Giants played Tampa Bay pretty tough. Well, they also played the Eagles tough when they played. I had I had the Giants in that plus 200 money line, and they were right there. I mean, they still covered for me, but. They're not the Jets. Not the Jets. <laughs> you know, I said to my one buddy, like, you have the rankings, right? And then you get down to team number 31, which a lot of people have Jacksonville or the Giants. And then there's about five miles of sludge until you get to the Jets. Okay. You know, it's just a, a mass canyon of difference of uh, ability and performance between the two. But anyway, we're talking about the Steelers here. And the Steelers are undefeated. And, uh, you know, it's really an incredible uh, season that they're having. Uh, you know, my power ratings on that team have been adjusted every single week. And they are a team that gets no respect. Right. You know, they, they truly, you know, going going uh, – ESPN and Fox, and there'll be article after article. Is Pittsburgh really this good? Well, they are, 
And uh, it's the same old team that Tomlin designs every single year. You know, an offense with Ben Roethlisberger not making mistakes and being the veteran that he is and a defense that is just going to, you know, plow you into the ground. And, uh, yeah, what better example than winning against the Ravens? Right, right. I mean, seriously. I mean, that was just – and they still don't get the notoriety and the uh, kudos that they deserve. And coming from behind in that game, too. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. On the road. Gutsy. Yeah, I, I like the Steelers here. It's a, it's a great spot for them this week, in my opinion. Yeah, everybody's going to bet – well, not everybody's going to bet Dallas. I guess some people have some uh, – you know, they'll be a little hesitant to bet a team that is playing as erratic as they are. It's, you know, it's a – it's the psychiatric team of the NFL, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, I know everybody out there is dying to know how many times Dallas has been a double-digit underdog at home. And how they do in that situation? Well, it's happened three times. I was gonna say it's probably not a lot. No, it, yeah. it's not. You know, I have the games here. I can tell you which ones they are. Uh, they're zero and three in these situations. Uh, one and two against the spread. Um, the last happened in uh, nineteen ninety on uh, November eleventh, which is pretty close to the date that we'll be at for this game. <laughs> Uh, Cowboys uh, were 10-point underdogs to the 49ers and lost 24-6. to 1989, they were 10-point underdogs to the Rams, lost 35-31 but covered. And then the, the last one in my database, and this goes back to 1980, uh, was the Cowboys again against the 49ers as a 14-point underdog and lost 31-14. to I'm not sure what that tells us, but at least we know it happened three times. I think it tells us that this 2020 Cowboys team is historically bad and is probably pretty <laughs> comparable to these teams. Uh, if it's only happened three times in the, the long franchise history of the Cowboys, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, as much as I want the James Madison product of Ben Benucci to, you know, uh, pan out because I like my small schools and all and my unexpected quarterbacks, but uh, – this is uh, – this team is just – they, they keep losing pieces. They keep making terrible personnel decisions. Yeah, the coaching uh, here wasn't exactly the – No, thing. no. It, it was it, – it's pretty just it – it's, it's bad right now. Um, there's, there's hope, though, Devin. There's hope. I just, I just uh, ran another query. Uh-oh. I'm having fun. Steelers <laughs> is double-digit road favorites. Mm. Two and ten against the number. Oh, wow. Uh, eight and four straight up, though. Uh, so it's not that much good news. for the Has Dallas. Roethlisberger been the quarterback in any of those? I'm sure a good a chunk of them. Great question, because he started in uh, the 2000 season, I think the same year as – no, 2002, I guess, right? I thought he was uh, – I thought it was 04. Okay, 04. That, that is – Could right. be wrong. Could be wrong. So all but two of these games were with him – uh, at the quarterback position. Now, I don't know if he was injured in any of these games and didn't play. But they last uh, were a double-digit favorite on the road in 2017 on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played the Texans as 10-point uh, favorites and won 34-6. to six. Uh, So that, that is very interesting. So yeah. those two games that aren't in there are ATS losses. Uh, so if we just do Ben Roethlisberger, it's two and eight, um, and the straight up record is seven and 
three. So that, no, I'm sorry, it's eight. Yeah, seven and three. Mm -hmm. so that's still 70% winner straight up. I mean, maybe, it, uh, you know, I, I would never play the money line on a double digit uh, unless I was, you know, I, I get drunk on two IPAs. So maybe I could do that and I'll do like a 17 teaser uh, with the money line at a ridiculous price. Right. Anyway, right. Losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'd be kind of like, uh, I, I guess there are people that bet the Chiefs money line against the Jets last week. So I, I didn't understand those moves, but um, I mean, those are some really, really great data points and pretty eye-opening too, as far as Ben Roethlisberger being a road, uh, you know, double-digit favorite. You know, I didn't realize that dynamic of his career and production. Um, you know, with that being said, John, I think that's probably all the time we have for today, unless you have any more um, really I good. Think you did a good show here. Really, we really uh, covered it all. You perfect. I, I'm, I think it was good. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys and gals, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap a bow on this one, so I can get to editing and get to loading, so that way we can uh, enjoy some content, some data from Mr. John. Uh, again, he's at John Ryan Sports in the number one. John Ryan Sports one. Uh, on Twitter. I'm at D-A-L-E-007 and uh, we are at Hoopball Gaming and then go over to hoop-ball.com check out the best bets articles that I've been putting up for college football. Um, some good amount of winners in there. Just saying uh, free for a limited time. Wink wink nudge nudge. So get it while it's free and hot. Um, and then you know don't forget the promo code Hoopball20 for Manscaped. Hoopball for mybookie.ag to get your initial deposit bonus. And then, you know, again, to wrap it all together, basketball is going to be here very, very soon. So hoopball.com for all your fantasy needs for this shortened, crazy offseason. We got it all over there for you guys. We have team content as well, specifically for uh, teams in the NBA. So without going much more long-winded here in my outro, I just want to say I appreciate you all again. I appreciate everything that we've done as far as growth this last year. It's been a weird one for everybody. And uh, out there, folks, I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. John, any last parting words of wisdom for the listeners? No, I think you covered it all, Devin. Uh, you know, feel free to direct message me, too. I know some people uh, don't like that, but I like getting to know you guys. And if you want me to run a query, you have an idea, share it with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've learned a lot from listeners. You know, I've got a good rotation of folks, handful that uh, we talk probably close to every day, um, especially game days. You know, we bounce yep. stuff back and forth off of each other. Um, you know, it's it's a fun thing. You know, we do not discredit reaching out and dis discourage it. So we love it actually. So please, please do do that. DM us, message us, add us, whatever the correct term is that these young kids are using nowadays. But all right, John, we're going to get rolling out of here and then we're going to enjoy some Mac football. It's the return of the Mac. If I had trademark rights to that 90s R&B song, that would be the intro music for today, but it is not. So uh, once again, listeners, thank you so much, and we will talk on the next one. And again, I bid you adieu. Thank you all.
This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.